Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Cold Storage. I am one of your hosts, Callie. And I am one of your hosts, Dan Spencer. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> and Ryan's the ghost host. That's right, with the most yeah, posts. With the most <laughs> likes on Instagram. That's right. Yep. Um, oh, real quick, uh, brought to you by Topo Chico Agua Mineral. <laughs> For those of you that need... I believe it's Agua Mineral. Okay. Um, those of you that need uh, uh, a, a quench of thirst, quench. Yeah, if you guys need a quench of thirst, mm. just just reach out for your right up. Topo Chico. It actually is very good mineral water. Yeah. Probably the best I've ever it had. Is, it it is. Is. Thanks yeah. for introducing. Yeah, anytime, you guys. Yeah, I always have some on tap upstairs. On tap? Yeah. Dang, dude. It's great. It's tapped right into Mexico, dude. Right through the wall, there's like a little <laughs> pipe that I have for, for uh, Topo Chico. Um, yeah, so this is going to be our spooktacular Halloween Ooh. episode. Yes, it right? is. Yep. Yeah. Ryan's going to be our Sven Gulli of our podcast. Oh, man. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he is awesome. He is. If you I guys don't know dude. Sven Gulli, you should uh, watch some MeTV, right? Me TV, yeah, it's great, man. You can only get on like antennas. Uh, yeah, yeah. is that kind of like MySpace? Nope. Okay, it's completely different. How about YouTube? Uh, no, that's not like that either. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I didn't realize the connection though. Me TV, YouTube, <laughs> they were trying to cash in on that. YouTube I like where you're going. Yeah, but it's not. It has nothing to do with the internet. They just broadcast uh, through the air, man. Oh, is it old really? school? Like yeah. Classic? Yeah, old school. It's you just all like antenna. Bewitched and like Gilligan's Island oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But then Sven Gulli hosts a horror movie. I think it's like every Saturday night, yeah. I think. Yeah. And um, he, oh, it's awesome. Just these horrible, awful, like Three Stooges level jokes about. But but then he like tells fun facts about the movie and stuff. Yeah. And like before they go to commercial and whatever, it's really great. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. He's bringing back the old school like uh, flair of like uh, the ghost or the host or whatever the yeah monster. the ho- horror host horror yeah. host oh, okay. yeah oh, like gotcha. Elvira style you know right yeah except like he's he's not quite as uncle creepy good looking as <laughs> yeah depends on what you're into but uh, <laughs> good point yeah uh, I don't know I I mean Elvira's getting older right so oh, um, I would still. Yeah, <laughs> pound the shit out of that. Hey, let's see. Sorry, uh, wasn't it just your anniversary listeners. not that long ago? <laughs> let's talk. Fifteen about years, yeah. my nice. friends. Yeah. Nice. Fifteen years of misery. <laughs> also, if you guys end up hearing jumbo jets in the background, um, we apologize. Did you just call them jumbo jets? What is it? What is it called? Airplanes, yeah, uh, just, jets. Yeah, just jets. You don't need to say jumbo. Oh, okay. Regular. Maybe just regular size jets. Yeah. <laughs> Jumbo jazz, you are you my grandpa? That's what my grandpa would say. Um, yeah, so we live, uh, we all live together in, in a house next to the uh, Air Force Base. So, yeah, and dude, lately they've been gearing it up. I think we're getting ready to go to war or something, dude, because there's been a lot more lately than usual. With whom, though, is the, is the question? Chinese, man. With the Democrats. Yeah, that's true. He's just going to bomb the shit out of blue states. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I could totally see that happening, dude. So, yep. Uh, luckily, we're safe. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess we would be. <laughs> right? Thanks to people like Callie. <laughs> How am I even thrown into this political argument? Because you voted for Trump. I didn't vote. But if you would have, you voted for Trump. <laughs> Because that's what you're supposed to do when you live around here. 
right? It is. That's the that is the um, geographical demographic. Yeah, is to vote for the um, that side. What is it? <laughs> the elephants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm very. I'm so politically in. <laughs> so, you, I can't even finish my sentence because <laughs> incorrect doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but you are you are that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely are that. Yeah, yeah. Irresponsible, even. Yeah, let's yeah, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a guy in my in my city that's running to be on like a like a council, and everybody's like, "Did you vote for him? Did you vote for him?" And because he's like one of my neighbors, and I'm like, I don't vote. Why and don't you vote, Kelly? Because I'm not registered, and it's too much work to register. No, it's not. It's so easy. Have you ever renewed your driver's license? Yeah. Why didn't you check the box, dude? I Because I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is, yep. checking one box. I voted yeah. one time. That's about it was how the hard first time I could vote. And it was like year two. Uh, no, what year was it? I don't remember. It was like Bush. Yeah, you have yeah. You, you have Kelly to thank for that, you guys. Yep. For George W. <laughs> so tell us about... Uh, your opinions on Joker? Oh, I think he's a good character overall. By the way, we do spoil <laughs> things here, so don't give us your milk. <laughs> that actually like took me a second to like. <laughs> really? I really? Yeah, that's that pretty good. That dude. was good. Yeah, yeah. I like that joke. Where'd you steal that from? Spenguli. Came, came from my butt, dude. I don't know. It's <laughs> a Spenguli type yeah, joke. So, uh, yeah, the. The movie um, Joker, and for those of you listening to this in the distant future, um, the movie The Joker has been released. The first one, not the second one, because um, we got to differentiate, or the third True. one, because those will come out. The very first one with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that one uh, is out in theaters now, and it's just getting all the raves, all the praise. And uh, me and Ryan have seen it, but not Callie. Yeah, I prefer not to jump on the hype machine. And, I mean, you know, I may be completely wrong because I haven't seen it. But, you know, when they talk about other movies that have existed that it kind of, like, is a melting pot of, um, I just, you know, at first I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see it. And then when I started hearing that it's kind of like Taxi Driver and, you know, uh, King of Comedy. This is going to be so mixed, fun. Right? This is going to be so fun because you haven't watched either of those. I've seen Taxi Driver, but I haven't seen King <laughs> of Comedy. Have you seen Taxi Driver? Yeah, a long time ago. Kelly, good for you. When I used to be a movie buff. And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to like pass because I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't even want to associate with people that want to talk to me about Joker because I'm just like not interested. So do you not like Taxi Driver? I'm confused. And do you not like either of us? Because we, we want to talk no, about I it. I like both you. of you and I want to hear what you have to say about it. <laughs> and Taxi Driver was fine. Yeah, it's just not like... But you were saying that that was the reason why you didn't want to watch it. Well, well, I, you know, you hear that like, okay, well, because a lot of people claim that they've seen movies they haven't seen and like you hear it's based on or like very similar to these other type films. And, and when I heard that, it, it's just like kind of along the same like vein. I just was like, eh. I, I, I was less excited to watch it. So then I was like, I just made a conscious decision not to see it. And your wife told you that you couldn't see it? No, it had nothing to do with that at all. The fact it had nothing to do with the fact that she did tell you that she did not say <laughs> no. She didn't say anything about not oh, seeing yeah. it. No, okay. there was no there was never a conversation about not seeing it. It was just. I was excited at first, and after, especially after you talked about the first time. Um, I'm like, man, I want to go see it. And then I started hearing other views and opinions, and um, I decided that I was like, nah, probably not for me. What What do you think about it, Ryan? I liked it a lot. I thought it was very well done, very well acted. He, you know, everybody's saying he's probably going to win an Oscar and he probably is he damn well deserves it mm-hmm. I mean he's always been good and so I really did like it overall and I also think that um, like it's the most socially irresponsible thing hmm. to release that movie hmm. right now like I, I'm not I'm not for censorship but I think it's almost borderline morally reprehensible to release a movie like that right now dude so i've heard lots of people say a similar thing and i just don't think that it's it's the that a filmmaker or an artist needs to care about that dude well they don't but like they i i just like as right now like there's just so many shitty 
future school shooters that are watching that movie and because they because the whole lesson of that movie is if people are shitty to you you can do what you want because it's not your fault because if people are shitty to you then then it's okay to lash out And, and not only can you lash out you'll be a martyr and start a movement all this shit that these bullshit douchebags already think about themselves it's like and now now all their hot topic like <laughs> lo- the lord of the hot topic merchandise is now he's in, in his own movie saying hey hey kids go out and shoot up some some people that were mean to you it's okay people will love you for it dude so here's my counter i understand that but again like i said um if you're making art you shouldn't have to be beholden to something like that you should be able to put it out and it's it's on them. It's on the people that make those stupid decisions. Also, very much those That's people, true. especially right now, are going to do stupid things anyway. So they maybe are going to use Joker as an excuse. Like, but if not, they could have found something else. How many YouTube videos could they have used as an excuse of people doing hate speech and stuff? Right, and and video games, and it just goes on and on. But like, there's just there was just something about this in particular. I guess just because of. The fact that it's like that it is like a super well a comic book movie and it's like the fact that it is the joker the character that like a lot of these kids seem to really be into anyway maybe i'm no you're right that. I, I feel like but um before... so i don't know yeah. man it, like i i watched it and i was like this is really good it's extremely well acted and they should not have put this out hmm interesting does it, do they make you... Or they should have put it out like in the 80s or 90s or, or whatever. Sympathy for the Joker in the movie? Like, do you feel um, bad for him? Yeah. I mean, just because, yeah, a lot of shitty stuff happens to him. Dude, my whole thing that I like about this portrayal of the Joker is that he genuinely came off as a mentally disturbed person. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like in all the other things I've seen with Joker, he's... He's crazy. He's a maniac, but let, yeah, he can manage this like empire of thugs underneath him, and he can organize bank robberies and like all this stuff like perfectly. But in this case, they portrayed him as just somebody who was seriously like just needed help. Like that was my whole thing. Is like I was just thinking like if he would have gotten the help he needed. I mean, they do a whole thing in the movie where his his care got dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if he would have gotten the help he needed, he could have been okay um, because he just was seriously, like, mentally disturbed. And I like I liked that, even more so than, like, Heath Ledger's one. Heath Ledger's one still, he had to, was a criminal mastermind at the mm-hmm. same time as being, like, uh, deranged. But this one was just a guy who you could tell had mental problems. And I thought that that was, like, way more believable to me as somebody who would be the Joker, like a sociopath like that. Um, but, uh, and I thought it was, uh, I didn't actually love, love the movie. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I would mm-hmm. say, but it's not like my favorite movie. I wouldn't say, right. but it was pretty, it was beautiful. Like I thought the way it was filmed was like amazing actually. Like I, I feel like it was artistically filmed like so beautiful and I like that. And then like you said, walking Phoenix like killed it. Jeez. And, uh, and, uh, there was a couple of things I didn't like. I didn't like. I almost wish they didn't bring Bruce Wayne into it at all. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird I, that they did that. I heard, did he stick his fingers in Bruce Wayne's mouth um, and make him smile or something? Yeah, yeah, he makes him smile. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, according to this movie, the Joker's probably like, what, 30, 35 years mm-hmm. older than, than Bruce Wayne, I guess. Oh, yeah, right. Something like that. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was very good, super well acted, very pretty to look at, especially that last, scene mm-hmm. um, if you know what I'm talking yeah. about there's like two colors in play <laughs> yeah and it's really something but um yeah man yeah I don't know dude. do we get an appearance by Prince oh unfortunately no mm-hmm. oh. um Prince is dead I know sorry to break that to you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it was it was Cowley, now is Cowie's crying uh, no, <laughs> the the but the worst thing is is they're gonna end up doing a sequel to this movie. Be like, yeah, probably they're gonna have to because it made so much money. They're mm-hmm. gonna have to, and I wish that it would have just stood on its own. Like I, you know, I feel like it would have been so better just ended right where it ended. But 
The yeah. best thing about it is that Jared Leto is done forever. <laughs> <laughs> His Joker will never be seen again. Yeah. And that's the, what that's the silver lining to all this as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and if Joaquin does earn uh, an award for this movie, uh, Leto will be the one Joker in between the two Jokers that did win a, a Academy Awards for their performance because oh, yeah. Heath Ledger won one too. That's true. So yeah, that would make, make Leto feel a little stupider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but uh, what are we reviewing today, Callie? Today we are reviewing for your listening euphoria, Creepy Number One and Creepy Number Seven. Why those ones? Because they're creepy. And- So, thoughts on creepy number one? It's great. Yeah? <laughs> it, yeah, you guys should pick it up. <laughs> okay, great. Let's move on to the next issue. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, just to, to uh, bring this up, um, I feel like Warren Talent, um, the company Warren that created, that poses creepy. And um, Eerie and Vampirella and Blazing Comic, they were... They yes. were Top they're, of the biz they, back they in the were, day. Like, yeah. and that's the thing. They're very like you know when because EC always bragged about like how like great their artists were, and they were great artists, right? Like EC was like top of the line. I feel like Warren offered the same horn to toot. Yeah. Right. Well, and it was a lot of the same artists actually. Uh, it was a lot of the same. The people who worked for EC worked for Creepy as well. Okay. So, yeah, they're literally tooting the exact same flesh horns <laughs> that they were tooting before. Oh. Yeah. I'm nice. Like, uh, yeah, like Reed Crandall, Jack Davis, uh, Joe Orlando, um, a bunch of these guys did, uh, uh, John Severin, a bunch of these guys did EC Comics. Did Severin do EC? Yeah. Okay. That's where he cool. started And I did out. recognize oh, wow. a bunch of their yeah. names from EC, but there was a couple I didn't have any clue who they were, and they still were like top of the line oh it's, you know? it's so, also good every story yeah mm-hmm. um that's that is a thing they focused uh, they got the best artists and they had some of the best coolest stories uh for those of you that don't know creepy it was a horror anthology right so each mm-hmm. each magazine would have five or six stories in it um they were all different they weren't related to each other occasionally they would um have a story relate to another one but most of the time they didn't yeah and uh they always had awesome cover artwork most of the time by frank frazetta yeah in the Um, early days yeah yeah in the first like year or two Mm -hmm. um and uh they were just like uh really cool magazines really naughty magazines for teenagers to be reading and uh that's so what, what, so what year was creepy number one was this 63 64 so oh okay the same year the beatles came to america which is crazy to Damn. put that into perspective because like this seems so far ahead of that time like that times to me when i think of the beatles coming to america still seems like pretty squeaky clean but like yeah this was like this was creeping in the yeah. smut was yeah. out there yeah exactly yeah. it was there for sure that's awesome <laughs> yeah and and yeah they didn't hold back in these stories and and the un well, actually, I say the unsung hero, but I think he's very sung um, for fans of uh, Creepy is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I just blanked, dude. because he's unsung. You can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at these it. other names. Uh, the writer, dude, that wrote Archie. most of the stories. Archie, Archie Goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Archie Goodwin. Oh, all, didn't he? Wrote, pretty much. Uh, not all of them, but most. A of lot them. of them. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And Archie Goodwin, he went on to become the editor in chief at Marvel after this for like a year or two. He he wasn't in there very long, and he was reluctant. He didn't want to be it, but he did wasn't. a lot of DC as well, right? Yeah, and he did some DC stuff. Yeah, but like for me, like this stuff is so amazing. The fact that he can write this many stories, it's not even like. Like with with superhero comics, you have like characters that are set up. You got a history set up. You can, it's basically formulaic, right? But these, mm-hmm. there's no. I mean, there was a formula to some of these stories, kind of like the trick ending or whatever. But right, uh, yeah. But like the fact that like these stories could be so different. He'll write these stories in different time periods and different like uh, settings and stuff. And and right, the, he had to do so many like five different stories per issue, and it's just to me is like. Yeah, and not amazing. to repeat them, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and I, uh, 
I actually don't think he did anything in this first issue. Actually, I think he only did stuff in the second issue. Really? He was a he went on to edit be the main editor of Creepy. Um, but uh, in this one, uh, Russ Jones is credited as the editor. Um, Joe Orlando story ideas. Joe Orlando. Scroll, scroll back up there. It's uh, they see at the very bottom right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so this one I already looked at. This one wasn't by Archie Goodwin. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one was by was by Russ Jones. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he but, did most of them. But. Um, yeah, no, I think he came on after it had already started. Oh, okay. Uh, so maybe oh, no, this one. I mean. No, this one is Archie Goodwin. Uh, the Vampires Fly at Dusk. Okay. Um, but yeah, he went on to become the actual editor too, but he wasn't of this first of this first issue. Okay. And they were able to get past the comics code because of the fact that there were magazines and not um, comics. Is that correct? Would you? Is that the correct? That statement? sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have codes like that for magazines, so. Right. And yeah, they were marketed to an older audience, even though kids would get them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, but really, so if this was 64, um, the Comics Code came into effect in what? Was it 54, 53, something around the mid-50s sometime? I can't, I should know this. Sounds but, right. Uh, but anyway, so this really wasn't that far past the EC stuff, right? Like, this was like a decade, maybe 13 years after EC basically got shut down. So if you put that, you know, uh, in context, like that's that's not that much time that passed between what was happening at EC and and this stuff. Right. Know? So all these guys were still, you know, probably at the top of their game, which is why a lot this, of the stuff looks so good still. Oh man, where does yeah. it ever? Like every every artist is just oh, it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just one thing before I forget. Obviously, Jack Davis Mm-hmm. Did well, he did the cover for number one, but he does a lot of the interior, like Uncle Creepy stuff as well. Yeah, um, especially at, and usually at the end of every story, there's usually a picture of Uncle Creepy um, finishing up the narration or whatever. And oftentimes, that looks it appears to be Jack Davis, but sometimes it's not. Yeah, sometimes it's the artist that did the story as well. Right. So I. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was just wondering if you guys had any, because like I I've been paying attention to that because because like Frazetta does his own one in right. in um, I can't remember if it's this issue or, or this one. Frazetta does his own that's not even Uncle Creepy. No, it's like yeah, it's he, it's creepy, but he yeah, completely it's, it's invented his own narrator. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, but like um, anyway, it's just interesting to see like who does it and who doesn't and yeah i think that's the thing is like if they're drawn in then they'll let the artist do it but if they're not then yeah they'll put in like just add in that little yeah yeah um so uh what were your standouts of this issue the first issue oh i need to remember i like the vampires fly at dawn i like that story yeah um where the uh should we just spoil the ends? Does it matter or yeah no we're doing a review man we're just so her husband you know uh Whose husband? So here, here's the deal. Well, <laughs> now when I tell the story, you'll understand what I'm saying. But basically, this uh, this couple, he's a count, Oslevi or something like that. Anyway, they they move to this town, and people will start to die, mm-hmm. uh, being killed. They're drained of blood, and uh, everybody suspects him to be the vampire. And his wife tries to pull one on him, like, "You are the vampire." She pulls the curtain back during sunlight, and she ends up dying. And he's like, no, you are the vampire, He's and I was getting the blood for right. you. And she had no memory of the fact that she was a vampire. And so I, I thought that one was very clever. Um, Voodoo is the first one. That's mm-hmm. that's very fun. H2O World is kind of a more sci-fi, sci-fi one. But yeah. Al Williams. Yeah, I love oh, that one, actually. God. He is so incredible. That's actually the story that first got me into Al Williams, dude. When uh, I first Al saw Williamson. that story, or, yeah, I was like... My mind is blown. His sense of anatomy is amazing. See, like I in third grade at a book fair, they had a, a little paperback of old Flash Gordon comics. Oh, okay. That that he did. So like I didn't know it was him until okay. like later on when I saw some other because there wasn't any credits on the inside. But later on when I saw um because he did a whole bunch of them obviously. I was yeah. like, oh, so this guy's name is Al Williamson. He is one of the just absolutely incredible. Yeah, just his, incredible, dude. His technical ability is like amazing. It's like up there, like with like Neil Adams, like like the his understanding of the human form. Yeah. In in every the what's cool about this is it's H two O world, so 
the camera is like below him, the camera is like behind him, above him, and like at all angles, and he can mm -hmm. like nail the human body so much. And it's like this uh, man and this woman who are just uh, scuba diving, and then they they stumble upon um, this underground or this underwater fish people world. Yeah, yeah, fish people. Yeah, after World War Three. Yeah, but honestly, um, there's a couple that later on that are just okay, um, like the bewitched one about the modern day witches. Yeah, the success right. story mm -hmm. about that's like really inside baseball on yeah. on comic creators getting cheated. Really that, that one's one really long. cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I can't remember this one. Pursuit of the Vampire. After my look, but I, I, my, I mean, I don't want to give it away too early. But my favorite is this the werewolf one by Frazetta. Oh really? Um, just because yeah. that's my like two of my favorite things in the world combined. <laughs> um, well, and just like the the his artwork, you could spend forever on one page oh, looking dude. at that story, and it it was yeah. There was one uh, part where the guy's face is shaded um, with a bunch of cross hatching lines, mm -hmm. and it was I mean it. I, I looked at that thing for five minutes probably just like staring at this guy's face because I was like, man, this thing is so incredible and like the, yeah this big old like half splash or whatever that is so awesome oh, man. they can't see it explain it to them so it's uh it's a werewolf um above uh two hunters that uh were hired to go out and kill this beast um, they're in a jungle which is a unusual environment yeah they're are they in africa story. yes yeah and uh the interesting thing about yeah. the hunter too he's he's an ass Oh, he's a total jerk. Dude. And, but punches uh, that guy in the face. Yeah, as the story <laughs> goes on, like he his face gets more bestial yeah. and like um uh which see like right on page yeah. twenty eight if you want to mm -hmm. play along at home, like he he kinda just looks like a crazy <coughs> Neanderthal zombie kind of guy. But you know, and of course he gets his comeuppance because that's how these work. But um but yeah, this is my favorite just because I love werewolves and Frazetta's the greatest artist of all time as far as i'm concerned <laughs> and he's it's just like oh, and just this first intro oh, panel yeah. with his creepy skeletor uncle eerie and oh dude i want a tattoo of that yeah dude i wonder if like i mean this was the first issue so like yeah he may not have gotten the point that there was like supposed to be a consistent narrator <laughs> right through all of yeah. it they're just like yeah make sure and put a narrator in there uh and so he's just probably made up his own but yeah he looks super creepy um but uh yeah, that one was really good, and there's a uh, some Reed Crandall ones that are pretty good. Oh, his his backgrounds and the details that Reed Crandall does, yeah, are really something. Yeah, Reed Crandall did a whole bunch of these ones too, like throughout yeah. all the issues, and mm -hmm. he's yeah, he's really consistent like all the time. And Angelo Torres does a whole bunch, and yeah, yeah there's Al, Al Williamson, and um, oh, just everyone just looks so good. I really like that first voodoo one too mm -hmm. um, that's, because, that's a lot like, of fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> his wife is just out partying all the time dude and he's mm -hmm. like pissed off because she's into voodoo and uh and he doesn't understand it or whatever and then like at the very end she like takes him down and now he's like now he believes right. in the voodoo mm -hmm. <laughs> and i love that dude because it was just like yep he should have believed well that's what i thought like the narration in that one you know when he's like because he's a drunk and he just like drinks all the time and stuff yeah. I'm like dude i'd be pissed too and like drinking myself to sleep every night if my wife was out partying with these dudes around a campfire and <laughs> poking dolls with pins and stuff you know what i mean but dude you you saw what happened right i don't these like that that bewitched story very much the the it wasn't one of my favorites, but it was Gray Morrow that draws this, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But some of the backgrounds on this are like mm -hmm. Doctor Strange level yeah. crazy. Yeah, they're insane, dude. And this yeah. was like, yeah, 1964. That's just so like mind-blowing. It's like they were so far ahead of their time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, like, I mean, nuts. Mm -hmm. in a sense, it came after EC, which was also ahead of its time, right? But like right. nobody but EC and then Warren was doing this kind of stuff. Like uh, the big two, Marvel and DC, they couldn't have sustained something like this because no. they their publishing schedules and stuff, right? But like, um, 
yeah, with this, like, man, it worked out so good. Even people that did Marvel and DC stuff, their stuff is better and creepy because I think they could take their time, right? Like, because right. they wanted to focus on the art. They didn't have as much of a deadline as, and I don't know that for sure, but it just seems to me, I, like, was this initially monthly, bi-monthly? It says February on the number seven, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it was monthly. But yeah, even still, you have five stories, so so these artists get to do take a month to do like you know like four pages right. five pages yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think they're generally like yeah between seven and ten pages but yeah it's uh it's freaking awesome yeah and like we said archie goodwin does a whole bunch of these stories and that dude there's some uh awesome interviews on youtube if you guys ever get a chance to uh of uh of archie goodwin being interviewed about Ooh. this stuff dude and it's, oh, man. it's really interesting yeah that up. and he seems like the nicest dude in the world he seems That's- Super nice. When I was reading about him, they 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 said like he's the most beloved editor yeah. of all time or something like that. Yeah, I believe it, dude. Like he seems like just in the, like the interviews and stuff I've seen with him, he just seems like he's not you know trying to like change what anybody wants. He's he's not trying to take all the credit. He he was just really seems like a good dude. Um, yeah. Anything left on this one? I like that last one too about uh, the vam- vampire hunter and Angelo Torres. I think drew it, and it is freaking beautiful. Yeah, it, it's like a Hammer movie come come to life. But yeah. uh, um, a few of these do seem, especially these older, like the ones that are placed in different time period or mm-hmm. older time periods. They do feel like Hammery to me. Yeah, well, it would have been like I guess Hammer, you know, was before, like right around this time, a couple yeah. years before. So I'm sure it was on their minds. But yeah, I'm sure. But um, man, it's just so every every story is just so beautiful, man. Yeah, if if not like, if you don't necessarily like the story, the the artwork is definitely something to. But honestly, I don't know like like, I I mean some stories are better than others, but they're right. not that long, right? Yeah, they're not like bad. It's so, just not. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, preferred or right. less preferred, you know. That's what's so fun about anthologies, and and yeah. like and the I, and I love British anthology movies too. Like that's a big thing for me. But that's what's so awesome is like even if you don't like it, just hang in for a couple minutes, and mm-hmm. right. another one will be there. You know, right? And they're usually quite different in tone, and you know, and, and man, they're just so fun, dude. Yeah. And I do like that. Like, that's the thing is like a lot of these, they just, they switch back and forth from time periods. Like you'll never have a full issue where everything takes place in the same time period. Um, so I, I like that one. So the, um, issue number seven uh, great, is the other one we're going to read. Great Frazetta cover. We mm-hmm. just picked that one basically because me and Kelly both have the original issues of that. <laughs> so no particular reason. It has an awesome cover of a vampire and a werewolf fighting. And uh, that's the first uh, story that mm-hmm. shows up. Uh, I like love the story. monsters. That's a good one. It's an awesome story. Yeah. Although yeah. The, the twist at the end doesn't make much sense if you think about it. Anyway, there's this werewolf <laughs> that's that's plaguing a village, and uh, the chief of police is actually a vampire. He's using his position as a cover, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I do too. That was so cool. Yeah. And so he's so he's trying to stop the well. This vampire or this werewolf is getting all my prey so i gotta put an end to this or whatever so they're basically fighting for uh real estate right and so they but there's some good red herrings well maybe it's this guy because he appears you know right afterwards and and anyway so it turns out being this this grave keeper who's just a ghoul which means that he feeds on the dead so why would he get rid of these two dudes that are supplying him with all these dead bodies <laughs> yeah i if, mean if that's what he's into yeah that's true but uh, maybe once they're sucked of all their blood maybe they're not any good to him oh, good yeah it's a good possibility yeah. too dry yeah, yeah. it's like jerky you don't wanna... <laughs> yep exactly all right that makes sense all right um, but yeah i did like that because they're basically like the the vampire is trying to hunt the werewolf this whole time and the werewolf is trying to hunt the vampire this whole time and and this other guy had everything planned yeah he, it's great he put like a cross in the vampire's uh coffin um so that he couldn't go to sleep in there anymore and uh and then he just set it up to where like he just uh the vampire is convinced that the werewolf is trying to take over the territory yeah. and, and uh again the art is just outstanding yeah dude. this one's angelo torres mm-hmm. i think yep 
Yeah, and uh, yep, yeah, it's so good. And then there's yep, yeah, like the twist at the end is like yeah, there's both of the werewolf, the werewolf and the oh, and they knew each other, right? The werewolf, yeah, and right. The vampire knew each other. I think they were both policemen. Correct. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, watch out for the policeman. Yeah, <laughs> dude. See, they're ahead of the time. They knew. Like in '64 or whatever this was. That's right. Um, Image of Bluebeard was cool. Um, I don't know how you guys are with most of these stories. I'm sure it's the same way for you. But like, I get to like the second to last page, and I like I can call like what's it's, going to happen. Sure. Like I know who's going to turn or what's going to happen, and. Um, that that's the thing about this. I knew the the plot twist, what what it was going to be, but I didn't know what the circumstances were in the house when she went into the house and they were like, oh, okay. like all the different animals and and that he was like keeping for her. Um, here's the thing I actually heard about. I think it was the EC comics, um, or maybe it was these ones, but they said that with the O Henry twist ending, they said that um, somebody who writes these, I wish I could remember who, but they said that. Uh, they know for a fact that uh, everybody knows what's coming, but that they put it in there because they would be disappointing, basically, the fans mm. who knew what was coming. And that's why they that's why they do it so formulaic like that, and that's why they put it in because it's kind of a form of storytelling that if they were to switch it up, I, they think that it would have disappointed the fans. So we, it's almost like... It's a, like a payoff. Like, yeah, yeah, right. like an emotional reaction that like, hey, I knew it was happening. Oh, it is exactly yeah. what I thought. Yeah, That's exactly. kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it that way. The the one thing about the Bluebeard story, though, that I, I didn't get the part where he had been married so many times before and they tried to, to draw you in to think that he was... Bluebeard with all these previous wives, and then, well, so yeah, because she sees, she finds like pictures of wives, right? Like yes, mm-hmm, up in the his. attic, and then she thinks she stumbles into a room full of dead people, doesn't she? Or is that a previous wife that did that? No, that's so that's when she's reading, yeah, that does that. Okay, yeah, she's, yeah, she's reading stories, right? Yeah. yeah, and then, um, and then she calls the cops and stuff, and oh, she kills him first of all. Because she thinks she knows his secret, mm-hmm. right? And she calls the cops, and like there was this one room, yeah. So she didn't actually walk into the room full of corpses, right? That was just real. yeah. And she thought she knew what the room full of corpses was. And what's funny is because it's so, I mean, it was right for its time, but it was so misogynist because like this was just a room full of animals that she could play with because women like don't, know how to, like, don't <laughs> right. have anything to do all day so she could just play with these room full of animals including yep. a skunk which, for some <laughs> reason it's very yeah. odd yeah uh, yeah it, it wasn't my favorite one but it's still fun yeah no I liked it I liked the good art of course I, I like the whole lead up like the whole story of Bluebeard and stuff and that she's thinking you know mm-hmm. oh man I've married this Bluebeard guy mm-hmm. and I do th- like that but yeah, what were those pictures of those other wives? Was he just did he was he also married? He was yeah, yeah, he was married. Yeah, and that's okay. why I don't get is like they almost made you want to think that it was Bluebeard for reals. Well, yeah, man, that's the twist. Yeah, but but then, the th- he but it makes no sense at the end though. Because I mean, he, he still wasn't. He was just married. He never was the whole time, dude. He'd just been married a few times. You're not a bad okay. person just because you've gotten divorced, Kelly. I never said that. <laughs> wow. Jeez. What did you guys think about this one um, oh, with, that's my, uh, that's my favorite part with the Alex Toth uh, artwork? On. It's beautiful. Don't skip. Don't skip. Oh, sorry, favorite. sorry, sorry. Your, your Frank Frazetta. We'll see. Creepy, there, loathsome lore. That's uh, this is actually out, regardless of whether or not he he does it. It's always my favorite page in the book. It's funny. The, the this is the page lore. I always skipped. Dude. Yeah, it's I skipped it favorite, too. Dude. I skipped it too. <laughs> it's my favorite because he always. It's always just like based on creepy historical, yeah, like folklore or actual things that happened. Like like down here, these crazy lion man cult that killed a whole bunch of people. Aardvark Indians deep in the Amazon. But um. I, I love this page just because Frazetta did it. But yeah, the Loathsome Lore is always my, my favorite page of the That's of every game. issue. I love it. I always have skipped it whenever I read it because I'm like, I don't come to Creepy to read stuff that's already happened. I come to <laughs> Creepy to read like fantasy stuff or like stuff that hasn't happened like, in I real life. I love it. It's great. But I mean, this page is beautiful and there's like a Vampirella up here. Um, right. Probably yeah. before Vampirella. Um, yeah, probably a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the art in it is freaking amazing. Um, but yeah, this Toth one. Yeah, so Root Awakening, um, art by Alex Toth and script by Archie Goodwin. Uh, dude, Toth is oh, freaking he's the man. Master, dude. <laughs> he it's, really is. Yeah. His style is so 
unique and so awesome. Like it's a little bit, uh, I see a little bit of like Will Eisner in, mm-hmm. in there. Sure. Um, cause it's like cartoony, but realistic. Uh, but it's just so like, it's just perfectly done, man. Like every page is so perfect. And it's just this guy that has these recurring nightmares that this guy with these x-ray specs is coming after him, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. With a knife. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the twist is that like it happened, it ends up happening. Right. But it's like a doctor. Right. Cause right? he's, he's, because he fell out of a window. Right, he's been panicking so yeah. much that, yeah, he just basically falls out of a window and so then technically, the doctor. the story is like a time loop, right? Yeah, kind like, of. Like, from beginning to end, it just... Foreboding kind of a thing. Well, yeah. it's not a loop, because how does he get back to the beginning again? He's broken up, dude, and about to, to really die He was for just real. having premonitions yeah, of, was. of this. Yeah, his premonitions. Um but yeah, then this doctor, the same doctor with these specs. Well, that's the thing is he's not actually wearing x-ray specs. He's wearing like regular like uh, doctor glasses that help him focus or whatever. And, and it kind of looks right. like they're x-ray specs. But in his dream, they were like full on like, yeah, like those old 50s x-ray specs looking he's things. He's got a scalpel yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And and uh, I actually really like one thing I noticed on this Toth one was the lettering. I'm sure that most of the time the artists did their own lettering. That's how they used to do it back in the day. Um, and the lettering is way different here. It's yeah, like, very. It's way more like funnish or, or like cartoonish, like mm-hmm. it's bouncy. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's it doesn't look like your standard uh, comic it's, book cartooning yeah. or I mean lettering. And yeah, I think it's just, uh, it goes perfect with his style. And I'm sure he lettered it himself. And I, I love the lettering on this a lot. And the uh, the panel layouts and stuff mm-hmm. are just so crazy. Yeah. They're like all diagonal and like breaking apart. It looks just like shattered glass in some parts. And it almost makes you disoriented as the reader. Yeah. This, the story is just told so well, man. Yeah, it's great. And, Definitely. And, it's a really good one. And... Uh, yeah, then there's this uh, this one. Uh, John Severin did the art on this one. Yeah, uh, and this one's written by Yondo Binder, who I don't I don't know who that is, but uh, yeah, and this, this one's all right. Yeah, this art actually reminds me of something like later, like it reminds me of Tony Moore art a little bit. Yeah, actually. For sure, it, some Art Adams. It, yeah, even. yeah. Which is like, yeah, which is funny because this is like so much, <laughs> yeah, way, way, way before that. But yeah, it looks Tony Moore, good newer. call. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure Tony Moore, I know Tony Moore was like a big EC fan, so I'm sure that he probably was influenced by this. Um, I won't, I'll, I won't skip ahead unless you, you can skip ahead. Okay, you don't need to go in order. Okay, so, um, so this is one of the the uh, artists I was talking about is uh, Reed Crandall. Mm-hmm. I don't know Reed Crandall from anything from Adam. That's what you're supposed to say. From I don't know Reed Crandall from Adam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I love the artwork in this hot spell story. And I also really like the story a lot as well. Yeah, the Reed that was Crandall cool. Was freaking genius. Yeah, Reed Crandall's great. He did a whole bunch of these ones. And his style is different. I mean, when his prologue, the 17th century okay. piece, looks totally different than yeah. his current day one. Actually, yeah, he does do like a few different styles in these magazines, which I think is freaking awesome. Yeah, that he can do that. The the opening page of Hot Spell, I love it. So oh yeah, much. it's gorgeous. I stared at it so long because it's like the nicest town. It's like the mm-hmm. nicest like small town. Like there, you can see a diner, you can see an inn. There's a gas station, a drugstore, a church, and everything looks awesome. But in the middle of the intersection, there's this dude running out on fire, <laughs> screaming. And yeah, I, I just love this. It's like a Norman Rockwell scene, but like somebody's coming out in the it's middle very of david screaming. david lynch it's just like yeah, this americana yeah. but then something freaky is happening like yeah. right underneath look at those mountains in the background i know Jeez, they're so deep please. like dude i'll be honest when i was looking at this page i didn't even notice the dude on fire until like a while <laughs> really i was, I was yeah. looking at the buildings and everything and right. i'm like this is so beautiful it's so pretty and then I'm like, oh, there's a dude on fire. In fact, I think I had to go back because, like, I went to the next page and there's this dude laying down on fire. And I'm like, wait, did they show that? In the first? <laughs> like, oh, he is there. Yeah, but it's just so cool. Well, like the shadow play in it, like where the sun's coming from. You know, Actually, it's the like... shadows in all these are freaking amazing. Like these guys dealt, they didn't color, right? So they had to deal really in blacks and whites, which they don't do that. I mean, they do it to an extent in regular comics, but they don't need to, they don't have to do it. Like, you can let the colors take some of that. Right. Whereas this, they lean heavily on the blacks. Yeah. And yeah. so, and they had to do it. So it's, you know, it's basically like noir, uh, film noir for comic books, mm-hmm. just how they had to do it with the big contrasting shadows and things. Yeah, this this story, man. Why'd you like it? 
Well, I just love like the whole the whole thing about how they think the guy is like this, you know, witch or whatever. Yeah, he's it, like the reincarnated version, version of that of guy. The yeah, guy that the guy at the beginning. Death. Yeah, and that's that. There's the one on page fifty five in the bottom right corner where they uh, kill the warlock, destroy the evil, and then just all beating him with like mm-hmm. different tools, and he can't get away to get to his house, well, and his guy, wife's like being burned alive. This in guy there. is just like a, a newcomer to the town, right? Yeah. So, and the and he's this artist, and he doesn't really fit in, and so they're convinced because people have been burning a lot more in the town, right? So they're convinced that this warlock's curse is happening, and it's because of this guy, but only because he's an out of towner and he's different. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they basically murder him with like just like uh, like hammers and baseball bats and pitchforks and stuff. It's yeah, crazy. And a torch. And they're like die monster. After they burn his wife alive in his house, like yeah. it's just so like messed up, dude. But it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's so good. Oh no, no, I I do want to. I don't want to skip over space vampires. This yeah, the <laughs> vampire of and the the story Kylon is is fine, but the art is so different because it looks like it reminds me of dan brereton a lot but mm. he paints yeah is this painted this would be it looks painted to me this would be like an ink wash so it's it's basically like painting it's like watercolor okay. basically but you're using inks and then there's definitely using some white too so it's basically a painting with like ink and probably some white acrylic paint that's okay what, that's what my guess is but yeah it's definitely like a painted style yeah because the story's fine it's just about this vampire that wants to go stows away to another away, planet wants to yeah. go to space i actually like it's so b-movie-ish dude mm-hmm. like it a is vampire sure. that's like wanting to go to another planet so that he can get fresh blood and i, I think it's like the funniest premise but dude. just the <laughs> art was unreal i guess i should say who drew this um who did draw this where is it here we go uh oh it was gray morrow okay yeah. But it was—it's very different than what we saw on issue one. Right. Yeah. He definitely was going for a different uh, vibe, like a painted vibe. On yeah. Because sure. some some of these, I like this background and even that ship. I would have sworn that was Dan Brereton. Like if I just saw these, these couple panels. So I mean, yeah, but, that's true. Man, it was really good. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was really good, but it would t- it actually <laughs> took me. It was a little jarring to me because it was it's so very different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It's like, um, yeah, it's like a completely different thing. In fact, parts of it just look like, uh, like I don't know, man, like a TV show or some cartoon or something, mm-hmm. like where the the backgrounds are all painted and stuff. And so, uh, but yeah, dude, seeing like a vampire like at the controls of a spaceship, and stuff, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Dude. I, it's uh-huh. like so unreal, man. Uh, and so, yeah, what happens is he gets to this other planet and he didn't account for the fact that uh days could be different on this other planet the nights are much shorter than yeah. he was planned on <laughs> so since their night only lasts four hours he wasn't prepared and he died right he got what it was coming to him man if you're gonna go to suck blood of aliens that's the other thing too is like how do you even know that they had blood or that it was something that would be nutritious to him. Right. Well, it would sustain it, you. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was It was. humans. They were just going to this new planet. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, that's right. I, I can't remember why they were leaving. Yeah. Yeah. But. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. That is what it was. And so, uh, yeah. But, and uh, it, if you folks want to order um, rubber masks uh, from them, <laughs> oh, there is a cutout that we can order. I wish they still... Dude, I saw on uh, EC's uh, Instagram that they made another... There's like a new Uncle Creepy uh, mask that you can get. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that would be sweet to have an Uncle Creepy mask. That would be so fun. Yeah, but like these these old magazines, like them, Creepy and Eerie, and I've just always loved them. They are so... They're very fun. just incredible. And there's, there's a lot of like kind of modern ones that are trying to do this like we just talked about earlier on before we were recording i showed them creeps magazine there's a shock one or no aftershock comics does one called uh maybe it is called shock but there's there's a few kind of smaller companies that are doing like there was one called uh, 8am yeah (laughs) and there's this really cool company called waxworks they make soundtrack records but they do one called waxworks 
comics that comes it's a really nice anthology comic but it's it's color but then it comes with a record soundtrack as well i have a, just a couple of those i think they have three or four issues but those they're expensive but they're really really a lot of fun but yeah they're it's just i love it i love it so much yeah dude, what i love about those um is for a while i was reading the archives and what was cool is like you could just have it by your bedstand. You'd read like a story or two right. stories per night, and you can just come back into it, you mm-hmm. know, whenever. And you're not beholden to like any previous story, you know, that you may have forgotten. So, yeah, that's what I love about these. It's just they're quick reads, and you get like a full story out of it. Yeah, ah, it's just so much fun, man. Yeah, I love them, and they're fun to display too. You know, the the artwork on the cover by Frank Frazetta is just incredible i guess he's the first one jack davis did the first issue yeah frazetta did did a lot in those first couple years the occasional one after that but Mm -hmm. but uh man it's awesome so uh they have these available in the uh archives uh the dark horse put out Mm -hmm. Uh, they're not they're not cheap dude no they are not they're 50 bucks a pop and i've looked to see if i can get them like cheaper on ebay and i really can't dude like are they down to 50 now they used to be like 90 or something when they first came out i swear they were i think the cover price is 50 really yeah i could be wrong but i think so but yeah whenever i look for them on ebay it's like they're all like 40 something bucks a piece and are the ads in the archives uh, no the ads aren't in there that's yeah part of my I yeah. love those ads. Man. Yeah, getting like the original ones is cool because like they just have pages and pages of ads and there's there's so letters. Cool. I do think they have the letters columns in the archives if I'm remembering right. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, um, they're they're freaking awesome. But yeah, I mean that's uh, probably the most affordable way to go about getting them is in the archives because sure. you get like uh, seven issues per book or something like that. Um, so yeah, it looks like Amazon. Um, they range anywhere from like about thirty to about fifty bucks, depending on the volume you're dang, getting. It's not bad. Yeah. So, um, or you could, you know, you could try to find good deals. Like uh, Ryan found a good deal. Oh boy! On issue number two, right? So, uh, yeah, occasionally you can find good deals on the single issues on eBay. So, uh, but yeah, we for sure uh, recommend it. Mm-hmm. I pity the fool that don't listen to this show. <laughs> so send your friends our way. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Cold Storage Podcast. You can email us at thecoldstoragepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you may get your email read on the air. Why are you making promises we can't keep? Why are you making promises you're or writing checks your butt can't cash? It's true. True. <laughs> um, if you liked what you heard today, um, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple or anywhere you get your podcast. Anywhere you get podcast. Well, yeah. If there's a place to review us, leave a review. Period. Even on Amazon. Even yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll take a good Amazon review. Hey, happy Halloween. Good life. <laughs>